0: The following share from Carolyn was recorded on April 6th, 2023. Well, um, when I rejoined this meeting this year, I thought I'd really be a lot better if I could share without crying. And then I went to another meeting and the person who was sharing was talking through tears. So I thought I didn't have to wait. <laughs> um, What it was like before Going to uh, Al-Anon first, and then two years later, ACOA was. I didn't know my story. I didn't have a voice. I couldn't. I could talk, but not. I couldn't talk really. I the programs have given me a voice, and when I started being able to share in uh, the programs, it it really freed me um what happened uh before I went to the 12-step programs I um at the end of my 20 marriage in my 20s to a drug addict I uh, lost my job I lost my home you know hit a hit a very codependent bottom and um then again um but I picked myself up and became a workaholic just to be able to live by myself. I didn't know what uh, had happened or what, you know, maybe I thought if I didn't repeat the pattern of marrying an alcoholic, that that was the solution. But it's not. It's about me. It's about what happened to me and how I was living life and coping and surviving, using those survival skills. And so when I came to uh, ACOA, I thought, wow, that is almost too much um, to look at. You know, it's just too painful to really see. So my topic for my speaking is step one. I'm borrowing it from um, uh, some literature outside Al-Anon, but it's uh, still uh, ACOA, and it's step one, we admit it, and then stop. A lot of times I've heard people say step two, you know, they'll say it like come, come to, come to believe, but I'd never thought about step one is we admit it. Wow. What I've had to admit to the last 12 months is just, you know, overwhelming Um, and admitting uh, what happened to me, what I didn't get from infancy, um, what my parents were like, what happened. Um, I was... I have to tell you, my mother passed away at 92, uh, nine days ago uh, on a Sunday. Um, and with pandemic, I had to sit with it. A lot of things and just look at uh, what had happened. And there were people in my life who wouldn't let me uh, gloss over her her behavior and she wouldn't let me gloss over it because even after she admitted um right after I was born she was like the it would be like the monkey with the wire mother you know um because she was so depressed and and suicidal and I'd never really heard that piece of the story um and I can forgive her and understand that, but and then I had a nice job in a little house and my dad died in 2003. And a year later, I thought, well, I'll you know, rally to the cause and sell my house and move in with mother and my sister and her daughter who has cystic fibrosis and was trying to die. And just here, you know, and try to pay bills because they couldn't. And uh, but I still couldn't speak. You know, I couldn't ever talk back or say what was on my mind uh, to mother for that was how we were taught by my very codependent dad to be codependent and to tolerate her rageaholicism and there was no drinking in my home but it was certainly the her mental illness and her raging and her physical abuse and getting my dad worked up into uh physical abuse and beating my tiny sister um until I was 12 and I stood up to him I was five six and I just kind of stared him down and uh the physical abuse quit, mother's mouth didn't quit, but he grew up and he, he grew up and we, um, he became mom, a mother, really. He was the functional parent and, uh, but still catering to her, um, rageaholism, right, I'll call it. And so. Yeah. So anyway, he passed away in 2003 and he was very faithful and very, had a lot of faith. And um, I thought, well, I hadn't gone to al but I thought he's not my higher power. And um, I have my own higher power and it was, you know, my own faith. And I felt real strong and, and I was fine, you know, and um, I just didn't realize until a year later when I moved in with, uh called it the crazy house. I didn't realize how he had protected me from my own mother most all my life, really. And that's an admission, you know, to admit that um, how bad she, how cruel she was toward me um, and that he protected me until he was gone. And, um, you all know, I had a city of people my whole life. My grandma, my dad was an only child, his parents. I had my grandmother until I was 45. I had my mother's sisters. um, There were 12 of us grandkids that were raised like siblings. I had, my grandmother was the oldest of nine, um, her sisters and family and, and friends from the church fellowship. And so I'm saying it took a city <laughs> to get me where I am. I'm so grateful. And it was, uh, after the cruelty in the house in 2006, I had to admit defeat again, lost another job. I was homeless because of my codependency thinking. And, um, went to some friends from my church and they had some law houses and they took me in. And, uh, they said, you have to go to the 12 step program. Um, your family is like for you being around your family is like an alcoholic going to a bar. And I said, Oh, well, well, um, I told them they saved my life. <laughs> um, he and his spouse, and they did. The program did. The programs have. And I was able to detach enough to move out of state. Um, I helped start ACOA in 2009, where I came from in Oklahoma. And um, in 2010, I was able to get enough money together and move out of state and separate out myself for uh, a beginning. <laughs> and uh, so I immediately go to my 12 step programs and we start an ACOA uh, in New Mexico. And still, you know, I want, you know, denial is my, you know, favorite place to go, I suppose. Denial and we start an a small ACOA program um, and there's six of us, a uh, small town and there's six of us and the one man who had a long history of 12-step programs, you know looks me in the eye and says your mother was your first qualifier. You know, I want to go to denial so bad, but in the you know, during pandemic, I just couldn't anymore keep that in denial. And So I had a, a therapist who kept saying, and also you need to separate out from your sister. Learn to separate out from your sister. Well, that's a big trauma bond, you know. And uh, she's two years younger. And uh, learn to stand up for yourself. Well, I had to think about that for four or five years because I didn't get it. (laughs) And so in the process of pandemic, I had a total knee replacement and I asked her to come help me. Well, in the process of her Helping me, she um turned well, she went through all my private papers. Um, um number one. And then I was in a two-story house and I had a reaction to the knee replacement. She went home after three weeks and um, um but by the next February before after I had joined this group, I was at the ACOA group at home, and there was a woman that said this group, you know, was available. So I joined this group, and then I I just um, had another bottom, and um, I said, well, come get me. I need to sell this house, and so here we go. <laughs> and uh, I could hear my friend saying, who helped me get out of state to begin with, who was part of 12-step program, well I, got you out of there the one the first time you're going to have to, you can't, you know, if you go back, I can't do anything for you. But so I was there four or five days and, and it really was illuminating uh, being with her, being with her ex-husband. And, and I learned a lot still again, admitting what reality is admitting what she's like, admitting what the brother-in-law's like. And so I chose to leave two days later in the process. Um, of course, she wanted to control me. And um, I had a contract on the house and a big check coming. And um, so I came to uh, Colorado and um, with the orthopedic problem I knew I had from the knee replacement. and. I closed on the house. I sent her a picture. So 10 days, I said, I'm not going to contact you. I'm going to do the chores I need to do to get this house closed. And I'd been in real estate business for 30 years, so I knew what I needed to do. And and, um, she was already begging for the check. And so I sent that picture, and I'm staying in a hotel until I get the funds clear. All the while, it's my first sponsor friend in Oklahoma texting me, emailing at my side. I said, it got so crazy. It never got too crazy for Joni and she was there the whole time. I mean, she helped me so much. And then I looked down and my brother-in-law and an ambulance, a Denver ambulance outside my hotel window for, um, seven days. So um, that was stalking. Uh, They had stolen a lot of things from my house around Santa Fe. They had called my therapist and left threatening messages. They called my power of attorney um, friend who's been a family friend since the 70s, threatened her. Uh, Those are facts that other people verify. You know, I took pictures of the car's and it, it was such a violent, uh, abusive thing that it's taken me in nine months to be able to admit it. And it's taken me that long to not cry about it and um, just say it happened, how it happened. And um, the advice to separate out from my sister and stand up for myself, I'll, I don't know that I'll ever be able to talk to her again. Um so I had bet, so they had stolen my stuff. And so I about four months after I was here in August, uh, I texted some friends of hers, a friend of hers, and and then one of our cousins could see uh, I ne- needed help, and so he volunteered to bring me my stuff. And so I am living in an independent living for seniors. And I have a little dog I have to take out four times a day. I have a limp and I, you know, you just can't hide from these people. And there's no shadow of my family, no shadow of the drama of them. It's just me. It is me here with these new friends. And and they have been so kind to we, to me and it just felt real freeing that it was just me, and no shadow. No, even the long shadow into New Mexico was there with the uh, sister smearing and, and slander. And um, Carolyn, it's fifteen minutes, Michelle said. Okay. And so, anyway, it it's been a quite a journey the last year, admitting um, what really happened, admitting that uh, what she did really did happen, and um, and then I was able to rejoin you all and know that um, the 12-step programs here in my community are wonderful, and to know that this was really my first dream to be here. Uh, I'd just forgotten about it, and that um, the miracles of the program, what happened, and the hope that... I've been able to heal here, and and it's just been so wonderful that the program has been such a blessing to me and the people. Uh, I have a, another meeting I go to, and, and those ladies have called to check on me. And Dottie invited me back to be on the team, and And uh, so I will tell you that one last thing that uh, has been the hardest thing I've ever done is like every day using the muscle of uh, faith and the step 11 every single day, every hour, sometimes, especially at first and um, but worth it. And I'm just so glad to be here. I'm just glad you all are here and uh, witness to our stories. Um, I bought a stuffed dog. I don't like to spend money. <laughs> and I bought this stuffed dog for Bear, but it was really for me. And it had a little beating heart. And when I was in that hotel, I was listening to al on nonstop. And I had my, and I named him Phoebe. And that uh, for Phoebe. And because I knew y'all would be there when I got ready to come back. And um and Joni's still with me. She's I got a card from her today for Easter. And you know, they say well, we will love you until you can love yourself. And maybe that takes 17 years about um, it that happens. That that can happen. So thank you.